This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. Now, Fight Back with Libby Snymer on Zoomer Radio. Good afternoon and welcome. On Monday, when we talked about the controversy over the Canada Food Guide, a caller named Donna from Wingfleet told us she cannot afford to fill her plate with fresh fruits and vegetables and that she has to use a food bank to put any food on the table at all. Donna is not alone. According to Feed Ontario's annual report, the number of seniors over 65 using food banks has nearly tripled from 3% to 8%, and that has happened in the last 10 years. The organization has released a new hunger map, which shows that food insecurity exists everywhere in the province. The center of Toronto and the inner suburbs are the places where the problem is the biggest, and there's been a 61% overall increase in food bank usage. Now, the areas that are really the worst when it comes to this, topping the list, as I say, Toronto Centre, where 7 out of 100 people, 7%, use a food bank, and tied for second place, uh, Scarborough Guildwood, Humber River, Black Creek, and the Premier's Riding, Etobicoke North, where 5 out of 100 people, 5% of people use a food bank. So I would like to hear from you. What are your thoughts on this? Do you or someone you know, someone you love have to use a food bank to get by the month? Uh, or what about what the report called some very, very invidious and difficult choices, you know, do you, is it uh, heat or eat? We've had a campaign on that. Or do you have to decide to buy medications that are not covered? Uh, we want to hear from you. The numbers to call 416-360-0740, toll-free 1-866-740-4740. Right now in studio, I'd like to welcome Talia Bronstein from the Daily Bread Food Bank here in Toronto, and on the line, Amanda King of Feed Ontario. Ladies, welcome. Thanks for joining us. Thanks for having Thank us. Thank you. Amanda, uh, where did you get the idea for doing this map, and were you at all surprised by the results? Well, in the past, we had always looked at food bank use by food banks, so looking at the number of individuals and people that visited food banks, as well as how often. But when we met with elected officials and MPPs and policymakers, they often asked us about the statistics of their ridings and the challenges being faced by their constituents. So we want to provide another way to look at and understand hunger across the province. And so the intention of this map is to help inform policymakers and elected officials that hunger exists in every riding across the province and to encourage the development of long-term evidence-based solutions that address hunger and poverty in the communities that they serve. Um, in terms of the results, I wouldn't say that we were surprised. Um, I think it did show to us what we always anecdotally knew, which is that hunger touches every corner of the province. 
Mm-hmm. And uh, you noted, which I thought was interesting, that uh, the the hardest hit ridings are are represented by all three political parties. Uh, there was one question I had about one of the numbers before we um, touch base with Talia, and that is that sixty one percent increase. That is over what period, please? Uh, so we actually saw, uh, I think, the 61% increase might be actually in reference to Toronto. Um, in terms of the province on a whole, we actually saw a 3% increase in the number of visits, um, which exceeded 3 million visits for the year. So that is the highest we have on record at present. And 61% over what period in Toronto? I can I can speak to yeah. that one. Um, so each year, um, Daily Bread does uh, a report on looking at trends in uh, food bank use over the, the course of the year. So between April 1st, uh, 2017 to March 31st, 2018, we saw a 61% increase in the number of visits to the inner suburbs of Toronto. So that compares to... Overall, the city of Toronto that saw uh, a fourteen percent so, increase. So it's it's the number of visits and not the number of people. Correct number of visits. So the people who are having problems making ends meet, who are facing food insecurity, it's just getting worse. Potentially, I mean, we um, we're doing an exploration right now about the number of visits per person to see if there are trends with respect to what people are using food banks over the long term and quite frequently versus people that might come once, twice, three times in a year because it's sort of helping to get them uh, through a gap. You know, they might have lost their job or, or something like that. It's a bit episodic. So that's something that we're currently exploring. Okay. I would like to get into the issue of, of uh, zoo, uh, people over 65 using food banks and, and the jump there. And, you know, when I see 8%, that's pretty high. That is higher than the hardest hit area of town. So to what do you attribute that, Amanda? So what we attribute that to is the rising cost of living. So oftentimes seniors, uh, much like many other people, but oftentimes seniors are living on a fixed income. So when rent goes up, when hydro goes up, when basic living expenses continue to increase, it can become harder and harder to balance that already tight budget. And what we're seeing, as you touched upon, is while we have a growing senior population, seniors accessing food banks is growing at a rate actually three times faster than the senior population itself in Ontario. Wow, that's uh, very concerning. Talia, I mean, how much of this is, you know, you look at Toronto Centre, the word rent, is that really, uh, you know, the main cause or the only cause? It's definitely a a major concern in the city of Toronto. Um, In our annual survey of food bank clients last year, we asked people how many people had missed a meal to pay for something else. And uh, close to 60% of respondents said they had actually had to miss a meal to pay for something. And the top three reasons were to pay for rent, to pay for transportation, and to pay for their telephone. So rent remains the number one reason for people that um, need to pay a bill, and that's why they can't afford um, to eat sometimes. So certainly I'd say rent is the number one. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm a little surprised that the next thing is transportation. I would have thought it would be maybe medication or something like that. Amanda? Well, it differs situation over situation, um, but certainly rent is by far um, the most significant. So what we've seen um, province-wide as well as in Toronto is that 
um, almost 90% of those that are accessing food banks are rental or social housing tenants who are spending upwards of 70% of their income on rent. So when you look at that huge chunk being spent on housing, things like transportation and medicine and telephone and food, there's so little left for those. Um, and also because rent is a fixed expense and those are uh, things that you can kind of uh, shimmy around, um, those are the things that they tend to go without next um, or have to prioritize. Uh, in terms of providing the right kind of a nutritious meal, I, I mentioned our caller on Monday, Donna. I mean, she's in a, a small place. And I know I remember years ago, the food bank was trying to provide some fresh fruits and vegetables, but she's saying, no, she can't get any of that there, mm-hmm. that it's all kind of canned goods. So at the Daily Bread, I think people are often surprised to hear that 40% of the food we distribute is actually fresh. Um, So that was a big strategic shift in the past few years to really increase the amount of fresh food. Uh, And it's something we're continuing to do uh, to both increase the amount of fresh food, uh, to look at the nutrition composition. So that's definitely a priority for us. Uh huh. And across the rest of Ontario, Amanda? That would be the same. So Feed Ontario also has a strategic focus on providing more uh, fresh and frozen food to the provincial food bank network. It's important to remember, though, that food banks are dependent on the support of their community. Um, and it's equally important to note that food banks can accept fresh food. Um, so we always encourage communities to reach out to their local food bank, um, find out their capacity for fresh food, and donate that in addition to the canned products. Okay, well, I, I hope that Donna is listening. I don't know when the last time she went was, but but she should be able to get some fresh food from, uh, I, I don't know what the local food bank would be. Mm-hmm. Over there, uh, let's take a call from Jan in Guelph. Hi, Jan. Hello, Libby. I'm enjoying your program as usual. Thank you. Um, what I was thinking is, I know people can fall upon hard times during their lives and get to the point where they can't afford food when they're seniors. There's a, the other sort of side of the coin where people don't give any thought to their later years, especially when they're very young. Not I didn't. I'm sure you, you perhaps didn't, but. I think we need to educate a certain group of people like in the later years of school and when they're going to work to manage their money so that they won't fall upon hard times when they're senior. You know what? Uh, that's true, of course, but people are living so much longer now yes. that, you know, the old way of thinking about retirement savings, I mean, you know, who can work and save enough to fund, what, 40 years of not working? Uh, well, maybe 40 is a bit of an exaggeration, but, but certainly 30. And not everybody can work as long as they want to work. I, I know. So people are working longer. That's mm-hmm. a good thing. But there are all these factors that are coming together. You know, we really have to adjust everything. And by the way, that living longer, it's good news. It's it not bad news. news. Yes. <laughs> okay, Libby. Thanks. Okay. Bye-bye. Thank you. Okay. Something I would like to just contribute to that as well is the job market has changed significantly in the last 10 years. So it's actually even harder now for working age adults to save and invest 
Um, many are going from contract position to contract position or precarious employment. So even if they have enough that they don't need to access a food bank, to actually build up significant savings to lead them into retirement is so much harder um, now than, than arguably it's ever been. Yeah, that, that's now. But I think that the people who are older now probably didn't face that. Yeah, yeah. So let us hear from Helen in Toronto. Hi, Helen. Hi, Libby. Uh, I was in a grocery, uh, one of the large chains, and I saw one of the girls sorting things in the bread and, um, you know, cake and stuff like that, that department. And I said to her, what happens? She says, we throw it out. I said, well, why don't you donate that to a food bank? And she said, well, the manager said, we can't. I spotted the manager, and I went over and I talked to him. And I said, like, why are you throwing this out? Somebody can use it. And he said, we're afraid of liability. Um, that Now, I could see liability in meat products because somebody will pick it up, walk around the store, and then put it back or not even put it back. But some of the drier things like bread and some of the fruit and vegetables that are beyond their best before date, but certainly when we were growing up, my mother bought that, and she would make applesauce. So um, is there a better way of approaching the large market chain? I'm going to let uh, Talia, do you have an answer for that? I'll, I'll actually pass that one over uh, to Amanda, who has kind of the provincial level focus. Yeah, so we actually do have a number of programs um, with grocery retailers to help reclaim food that might otherwise go to waste. But there is a strong um, information component around it. So all donations contributed by people as well as retailers are protected under the Donation Protection Act. So you actually are never liable for donations that you give in good faith that it's um a good product. Um, so uh, we have to continue spreading that word and making sure that um, store managers and individuals across the province feel confident giving to food banks and don't have concerns around things like liability because um, you are protected. So that goes for corporations as well? Yes, it does. Well, uh, Helen, I, I don't know. I mean, you said it was one of the larger chains. I, I don't even know if, if the manager has discretion on that. Uh, Amanda, do you have any sense of if it's a, a law blahs or, or something else? It is, was a metro. It was a metro. But uh, Amanda, are those decisions made by a manager or are they made at head office? Sometimes it differs community over community, um, but we are actually in the process of rolling out a brand new program with metros. It's still in its infancy, though. So we've just piloted a program, and we're hoping to continue rolling it out province-wide over the next year or two. Uh, and, and what does that mean, just to make it so that it's easier to donate and everybody is, uh, is uh, cognizant of that? Exactly, and that the the metro itself is connected directly with their local food bank, and they're working together um, to move food that might have otherwise gone to waste. I know does that, that include. I'm sorry. Does that include fruit and vegetables? It does. Um, fresh fruit, meats, uh, proteins, breads, all sorts of different products. Okay. Uh, you know, it's interesting that even for uh, the rest of us, there is a move to. Uh, cut down on food waste and there is a move to say uh you know what those uh those best before dates do not mean that the food is actually bad 
That's correct. A best before date is not the same as an expiry date. Um, so a best before date actually relates to um, the almost like the brand standard of the product. So sometimes when things exceed their best before date, they can no longer guarantee that the item will ret- like maintain the same like color or texture as what they would consider brand standard. Um, but beyond best before date, um, it is actually still completely nutritious and edible and tasty, um, things like that. Uh, best before date is very different than expiry. Yeah. And th- there's also an issue when it comes to fruits and vegetables. And, and Helen, thanks so much for your call. Here. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's there's also an issue that a lot of uh, fresh produce gets thrown out because it's the wrong size or it's the wrong shape and there's actually nothing wrong with it. Yeah, that's certainly um, something else that, that we are working to address, kind of the, the story of the ugly carrot, if you will. Um, so we are actually working with our member in Windsor um, as one example, but food banks across the province are, are working with their local communities as well to kind of reclaim fruits and vegetables that might not be cosmetically beautiful, but are still delicious and healthy um, for people to eat. Um, But we're currently working with our member in Windsor to um, acquire large scale fresh fruits and vegetables and move those across the province um, in the form of frozen fruits and vegetables as well as soup and different things like that. Okay. uh, Talia, what would you like to leave us with on this? Uh, I think, um, you know, the, the takeaway message here, as Amanda mentioned, is that, you know, hunger is in every single riding across the province. And this spans across all parties. If we want to address the the real reason why people are coming to food banks is because they're struggling to make ends meet. This is an issue of poverty and food security. So if we want to really address this, we need all parties to come together for a coordinated provincial level approach that also understands these local specific issues that are affecting people in their own ridings. Okay. Thank you so much, Amanda King, the Director of Communications and Research and Interim Executive Director at Feed Ontario, and Talia Bronstein with the Daily Bread Food Bank. Thanks for being with us. Thank you for having us. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.